0: Show
1: now. All right, guys, we are back with day 24 of Uncaping, Unmasking, and Unhiding. You are rocking with Cheryl and Natty on the Shades of Strong podcast where we are working to dismantle the myths and the stereotypes of the strong black woman by creating safe and sacred spaces for black women to uncape, unmask, and unhide so that they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. And that just simply means that we define what strong looks like for us. We ain't let nobody tell that. That's not how we get down over here. In the last two episodes, we talked about Mary Jane's cape. We talked about her mask. And we talked about her kryptonite. And so Natty and I thought today would be a good day to talk about how all that stuff shows up in our lives. Or or, 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 or how it has shown up in <laughs> our lives. You go first, Natty.
2: All right. Well, here I am, folks. It's Natty going first. I think I said a few things about the whole kryptonite thing uh, yesterday and about having these little light bulb moments about, oh, yeah, there have been times where I've behaved that way, such and such and so forth. But I will talk a little bit about how the perfectionist thing has shown up in my life because that was pretty much my. Mask for, yikes, mo- <laughs> most of my life, I'm sad to say, I know that we still live in a climate for the most part where perfectionism is seen as a strength and not at, you know, as a virtue. It's seen as a virtue. I do not see it that way. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes or any episodes from past seasons, you already know that because I've already talked about that and why. So I'll just and it describe a little bit of how being a perfectionist re- ultimately hurt me. It caused me a lot of harm. It has everything to do with something I mentioned yesterday, I think it has everything to do with having this unfair and unrealistic standard imposed on oneself. So I had very unfair. maybe they weren't necessarily unrealistic in certain times, but they were definitely very unfair standards that. I will say, were imposed upon me. And I will also say, some of them I imposed upon myself. I thought that in order to, air quotes, look good in all the different ways and be seen as worthy of fill in the blank, I had to meet these certain standards. So for me, that meant I had to be the ultimate good student. I had to make all A's at all times. If I Competed anything I had to win if I took any kind of test and I had to ace it, everything had to be well excellent, if not perfect, excellent right and so the way that harmed me was this i you know i'm a kid or i'm a teenager or i'm a young adult and there and I'm a human being, and there are going to be times when that doesn't always happen and when they did when those things didn't happen, it would send me Emotionally, kind of into a tailspin internally, at least. Not getting into a particular college that I thought I would get into. Now I got into other colleges, but there, you know, I didn't get into every single one that I applied to, and that was the thing that I was ashamed of for a long time. I didn't tell anyone, but I was I was ashamed. Do you see how twisted that is? Being ashamed that you didn't get into some white man's institution, really. I was really ashamed Um, and I felt like I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't a good enough student. I hadn't worked hard enough, all of this stuff. And I carried that around uh, mentally for a very long time. I almost, I came very close to flunking out of school my freshman year. Um, I ended up being put on academic probation. Now I have, I guess, quotes, excuse. I was mentally in a very, very bad, bad place due to sexual assault. But I still was very ashamed of that. I was like, I've never done this bad academically in my entire life. It means I shouldn't be at the school. I'm not good enough. The phrase good enough (laughs) ran through my head back and forth for years and years and years, decades. And I didn't know just how false a standard that was and just how harmful it was until I was close to 40 years old. So a lot, just about everything that I was doing in life was to measure up to this standard. I got married the first time because, well, I was pregnant and I thought I was going to be a single mom and I was fine with that. But when my ex-husband proposed to me, I was like, oh, I guess he's doing that because he actually wants to marry me. So we got married and I thought oh, we're going to make this work and we're going to have this perfect life. We're going to have this perfect marriage and this perfect kid and this perfect everything. My kid wasn't even a year old before he left. And so I felt felt like a failure. I felt like, oh my gosh, this is me failing at something else. And this is major. And it also means I'm still not good enough. All of this stuff. By the time I got married again, I was still doing the same thing. Let me try and be this good enough wife, this perfect wife, this perfect, this... And I was failing at all of the things, as Shirley says, all of the things. I was failing at all of them because mentally and emotionally, I wasn't okay. And I had been carrying all of this stuff my whole life. And I didn't, I had no clue. So I, I just wasn't well enough mentally or emotionally to even attempt to measure up to the, these, these false standards. So yeah, that stuff, that's all born of a perfectionist mindset. And that is ultimately harmful. And I know, I can imagine there would be a lot of pushback on that. No, it's not. You, if you're not a perfectionist, you did it you'll do your thing half-assed or you won't get stuff done. Yeah, I got a ton of stuff done. I accomplished a lot of things. I haven't even really talked a lot about the things that I have been able to accomplish on this podcast. Because first of all, yeah, I am proud of them, but I don't think that needs to be the measure of my worth as a person. So I don't talk about those things as much. Doesn't mean that I'm not proud of them. It doesn't mean that I'm not proud that I pulled myself out of stuff or that I overcame stuff. I did. And I understand the power of testimony, but I do not want to give the false idea that your worth is based on the fact that you were able to do these things. You were able to overcome this, or you were able to that. My worth is literally because I exist on planet earth and so is yours So being able to accomplish everything on your own, not needing anyone's help ever, and being able to to see yourself right and and all this because you're a perfectionist, that looks wonderful on paper. And that's going to probably be inspiring to a lot of people on paper. And I think those people are in this boat of still trying to live their life up to a certain false standard. I will submit that to you. And I think it's ultimately harmful. To you as it was to me mentally and emotionally. So, yeah, that's how that showed up in my life, Shirley. Okay, so while
1: you were talking about the whole college thing, Mm -hmm. I was thinking, and, and this is just a question I would like to submit to you Do you think that as parents, when we reward our children for, say, getting an A because we're always encouraging them, you know, get an A, get an A? I know for my kids when they were in school, anything lower B was just unacceptable for me mm-hmm. so oftentimes I will reward my children when they receive all a so do you think uh, rewarding them for the A is contributing to that desire to be perfect?
2: I think it does I think it does because my parents definitely especially my dad I remember the very first time I was I was in first grade and in first, grade, in first grade I was in first grade. And they, up to like first, second, and third grade at the time, this was in the 80s, they didn't do A's and B's. You didn't start getting A's and B's until you were in fourth grade. They did very satisfactory, which is a VS. And they did satisfactory, which was an S. And they did needs improvement. And then they did unsatisfactory. Those were the grades. And so usually everything that I did, it was VS across the board. And I remember at the end of first grade, my final report card, and there was something that I didn't get a VS in. It was usually conduct because I was also a kid that was talkative and was like, oh, she's doing great academically, but she she talks a lot in class because you're not supposed to talk in class, right? I don't remember that. I don't think it was in conduct though. I think it was in an academic thing. I got an S instead of VS. And I remember him looking at my report card and the look on his face of disappointment because I think that was like the one thing that I didn't get a VS in, because I had been working on not talking as much. (laughs) A lot to unpack with all of this, a lot. But I remember seeing the look of disappointment on his face, and it crushed me. So I made sure that I didn't get anything below a VS in an academic thing again. And I didn't. If I got anything below a BS, It was in conduct because I was talking too much, but all of my academic things, I made sure I always got V.S.'s. And here's the funny thing. I would bring home my report card and everything would have the V.S. on it and all the you know, reading math and science, all that stuff. And my kids, my my, my parents, my kids, my parents never said, oh, I'm so proud of you. Or it was just a given. It was just expected. It was like, of course she is because she's smart. So, yeah, of course she's getting these grades and they didn't give me you know some kids would get money for every a i didn't get money for that i got a weekly allowance to pay for my lunch and ice cream at school that was it i didn't get rewards for stuff but it was just if i didn't get the thing the disappointment and sometimes depending on what it was or how bad it was if it was a needs improvement or an unsatisfactory i think i got used in conduct a couple of times and i honestly think they were they were from teachers that did not like me cuz All the other teachers never gave me a in contact. I got in trouble. Like I got in, like I got punishment. I got on punishment and all that kind of stuff. That's, yeah, I do think ultimately that stuff is harmful because it it programs in your brain that you have to perform in order to get someone's love and approval and validation. And no, that's not it. That's just, that's never been it actually, and that's never going to be it. That's not the truth. And that's what we've all been conditioned to believe. So yeah, to answer your question, I, I I don't think that's helpful.
1: I think you're right. Even though I rewarded my children when they got the grades that I expected them to get, but I do recall them coming to me or a couple of them coming to me and asking, mom, if I get all oh, A, what are you going to get me? What, what are you going to give me? And I do recall saying a couple of times when you were talking, I recall saying, "I'm I'm not going to give you anything. I'm going to not whoop you."
2: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like
1: that's that's your reward. But I always right. will reward them. But I do recall them asking me a couple of times, and and me saying, "I'm not going to reward you for doing what you're supposed to do." You know. So I think you might be right. See how all this stuff. Remember how I said this is revelatory for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, think I mean, you're me right. too. Maybe I think it does.
2: I I haven't arrived in every area of my life, I I guarantee you. And I'm I'm starting to think we don't ever fully arrive. We just, the journey, and I think I said a couple of days ago, the journey is the healing. And wholeness is just a a state that we get more and more, that we're able to embody more and more. Kind of like, you know, there's a scripture that says from glory to glory. It doesn't say to the ultimate glorious. (laughs) It just says from glory to glory. So we just get to embody these things more and more. And that just makes us feel better, ultimately. But I, yeah, I I also got physically punished, you know. And I, I I don't physically punish my kids, but my journey, my I didn't begin as a parent not physically punishing. I just right, I just right. eventually realized I, it up there, yeah. I eventually stopped because I'm like, I'm tripping. This is not right. Let's not do this anymore. And so I just made a decision. That's what a lot of this stuff is y'all. It It's going to take you making the decision that, Hey, no, being a perfectionist actually isn't, isn't healthy or Hey, no, this doing this as a parent actually isn't, isn't good. It's harming my kids. It takes making this, the decision, but yeah, I, I don't want, to reward my kids for, for just doing, I want to give them gifts. I don't, I do give my kids money sometimes when they do things for me that I didn't even ask them to do. Like if my, if my kids take it upon themselves to like make my bed or clean my room, they've done that before I give them money for that because that's not their responsibility. But I've never Just giving them money for doing the chores or whatever. I'm like, no, these are chores that you have. Just, I have chores too because this is our home and we all need to work together to maintain it for our own well being. I don't make them, I'm like, hey, you make sure you do this or else, no, no, no. I just, I don't, I don't do any of that. And as a result, again, nothing's perfect, but as a result, I think that's part of why my kids come to me and they, They want to be around me, and they communicate with me. Because if you think about it, did we really do that much communicating with our parents? I didn't do a lot of communicating with my dad. We didn't. We did what they said, and that was. We just just did what they said because they They were the authority figures. They were, and I'm not saying, oh, be your, you know, let's be friends or whatever. Because no, I'm I'm an adult, and I and I have to be. I'm entrusted with this with this position of being a steward over your care and well being until you're able to care for yourself. But that's different from being the authority figure that's like, hey, you just do what I say and everything will go well with you. That's not that's not it. That just that just that just puts fear in your kids. (laughs) Because I know that I was very much afraid of my dad and I was afraid of disappointing my mom. That's not good. You don't feel good when you feel like you've disappointed them. And we haven't talked at all about, well, did you disappoint yourself? Because chances are you didn't. This isn't stuff that would have disappointed you, but because it disappointed your parents, you feel like you're you're a piece of shit as a human being, and that's not right. That's and then not you helping. You
1: grow up constantly trying to live up to moms and dads.
2: And right, things. trying and to make if up for stuff.
1: Told, you will never arrive. Right. You will never arrive. Yep, you're right, Natty. Oh my God. Oh so revelation come through. We see you. <laughs> yes, work in progress. I think for me, Mary Jane's, I think the characteristic that shows up that has shown up most in my life is her relationship because when I when I think about Mary Jane, I think that she was constantly searching for the love that her parents had because her dad would always tell her, I just want you to have the, the love that me and your mom had. And so she was constantly searching for that Or me and your mom have. And then, you know, later on, they didn't even have what he thought they had, but that's
2: a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. That's about to say. That's Did that's they even have it? There's
1: a whole other episode. <laughs> but yeah, so she was constantly searching for that love for me, I was trying to find something different from what my parents had because my mom was in an abusive relationship. And so I was trying to find something different. But even in trying to find something different, I somehow always ended up in the same situation. And I would constantly go back. You know, I was being abused, but then, you know, I would get Air Force love bombs. And I will go back. And so, even as I'm thinking about it, I, you know, I often ask myself why did you keep going back? Why did you keep settling? Because I can remember as a child when my when my dad was being abusive to my mom. I can remember being in my room, sitting there crying and saying, "I'm I'm never gonna let him."
0: Adorning yourself with the proverbial mask and cape didn't miraculously happen the moment you became an adult. More likely than not, there's a history of trauma dating back to childhood that left you feeling rejected, abandoned, betrayed, and angry. Those emotions don't automatically resolve themselves. As a little black girl, the thing you needed the most was to be seen, heard, nurtured, protected, and loved without condition. When those needs aren't met, you don't get the skills needed to do life as the real you from an emotionally healthy place. If you find yourself in this episode and are ready to start your journey to healing, please consider joining us in the Sister Circle of Healing, a 12-week virtual experience for black women to gather in a safe and sacred space for healing, connection, and transformation. Join us now at ShadesofStrong.com forward slash SOS Circle. You know, and you know saying those things, but then I ended up
1: in that situation and i think it's because even though we want something different but i think we still attract the men that our dads were if
2: that makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah
1: so while mary jane was looking for the love that her parents had i or or the parents that she thought they had i was looking for the love that my parents didn't have but somehow did have but somehow I always ended up with the same thing, and I and I think I kept going back because my mom kept going back—not necessarily going back, but kept letting my dad come back because she would she would put him out, and she would get love from, and she would let him come back. And so Mm -hmm. I think she taught me that that's what unintentionally, of course, that that's what you're supposed to do, you know, as a wife, because back in the day. You know, a wife knew her air quotes place, and her place was to stand by her man. And so, she unintentionally taught me that this is what you you're supposed to be doing. But what I'm learning are, as I'm doing my work, like I said in yesterday's episode, you know, to love myself the way I dream of being loved. And so now I don't, I, I'm not in a position where I feel like I gotta settle. You know, Mm for abuse and mistreatment, and all those things, because I'm looking for love, or I want to be loved, or I need to be loved by a man. Because what what I'm learning is that you cannot, you cannot get the healing, you cannot be whole by doing life or becoming like the people who traumatized you. (laughs) You just can't. And so, me watching my dad abuse my mom I am now learning that or I have learned that I don't have to be in that same type of re- relationship to experience love because that's not what love okay. looks like and, and and you know for a long time I felt like oh Cheryl you know your, your standards are just just too low and so I created all these high standards you know because I'm mm-hmm. airport high oh. standards because I'm not going to settle. But what I've learned is that my standards aren't low. They are just not high enough for the person I was created to be. And so my my standards are going to match, are going to align with how I feel about myself. Right. And if I don't right. feel good about myself, then my standards are going to match that. And that's what kept me in unhealthy relationships because I didn't feel good about myself. And so I'm like, this is all you deserve, you know? But now that my my standards align with who I know I was created to be, I don't settle. I don't. I don't settle. And, and I try not to. Now, that's not to say I have arrived because I haven't. But I will tell you this. I do not settle in romantic relationships. Because I have arrived to the space where I know I deserve better. I don't settle in that area of my life. But there are some other areas that I still settle in. (laughs) Right. Same here. here. Yeah, I have not yet arrived. But in that romance area, absolutely not. Because I know who I am. I know what I deserve. So that goes back to the love that, you know, the self-love that Natty and I have been talking about the last, However many days, like when you learn to love yourself the way you deserve to be loved, you won't expect anything less or accept anything less from those around you. And that's from your family on down. You just won't when you learn lo- when you learn to fall in love with you, you won't settle for that. So yeah, that's how Mary Jane has shown up in my life. <laughs> that's how she's shown up in my life. It's it's in the love department for me.
2: It's in that to like, tonight.
1: It's, Yeah, it's yeah, it's and she's shown up in in a, like the rescuer in her has shown up in me. It shows up most in me with my children, because I feel like I need to save them from making the mistakes that I made. And I'm all and I'm also doing doing better with that as well. You know, trying to just let them live their own lives and make their own mm-hmm. make their own choices and their own their own mistakes. You know, and all those things. You know, so I'm getting better. I'm getting there. You know, it's a struggle.
2: She's trying. We just keep going. We just keep going. We don't quit. That's all.
1: Yeah, that's what we do. So yeah, that's how old Mary Jane being Mary Jane has shown up in mine and Natty's life. We asked you guys on the first day of Mary Jane. We asked you to think about how she shows up in your life. So my hope is that you you have done that. So Natty, uh, what would you like for them to reflect on today? I'm gonna put it up to you today. <laughs> What reflects, What shall we reflect on for day twenty-four? What shall we reflect
2: on? Okay, so this might be this might be a hot button kind of thing. Be very. It might it might be fairly activating, um, but you can pick. You can pick either the doing, uh, being. Uh, how do I want to word it? You can pick. The being there for others, or you can pick the perfectionist. And I say you can pick because, like I said, with me, the perfectionism thing is settled. It's not good. Uh But a lot of you might disagree and think about, okay, well, what is it that I've said about that that is activating for you, where you're like, you feel the pushback. Or the being there for others, because we already mentioned before it's we were kind of taught to like oh well this you you know you reap what you sow and treat people how you want to be treated do unto others as you would have them do unto you and I said that that in and of itself isn't a, a bad thing but it's been a very flawed concept because we end up just doing everything for everyone else and then we end up losing somehow. But then some people would still say, especially if they're parents of lots of kids or whatever, no, I'm still gonna do all the things for my kids and da da da, da da da. Okay, so what is it about what what we described there that's activating for you, to where you still feel like, no, being the fixer for my kids, especially once they're grown, is right. And rewarding them for their their good deeds or awarding them for their straight A's is the right thing to do. I think that probably still falls into perfection. I don't know. But doing, uh, uh, expecting, having these high standards and maybe false standards is important still because of these reasons.
1: Yeah. And I think that ties into what we were saying in day one when we were saying that um, Mary Jane was saying that, she, that she's that she been, what what does she get for being the good girl?
2: I think. Mm. Yeah. Lines with that. Mm-hmm. So, do you still so, think yeah. it? Uh, so, a good reflection is: Do you still think it's important to be this air quotes good girl, and why? Mm-hmm. If you still mm-hmm. feel that way, why? Yeah. What I What are you that. getting out of out of adhering to that and holding on to that and still trying to be that?
1: All right, there you have it. Ooh, can I wait to see what y'all come up with? Ooh, I can't <laughs> Yes, I cannot wait. Yeah, y'all, oh, please come in the Facebook group and tell me what y'all think. I want to know.
2: <laughs> Type up these long paragraph, long things, and just put them in there, <laughs> and oh, so they can be read.
1: Intrigued? <laughs> I am so intrigued. So yeah, that's the reflection for um, what's this day twenty four? Is it twenty
2: four? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So y'all come over to the Facebook community. Tell us. Share your thoughts with us because I am so intrigued. Like, do you feel do you think you know that being the good girl, or however Natty worded it? Um, I don't remember how she worded it, but it sounded
2: good. girl. I don't either at this point. I don't remember what I said. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds good. So yeah, reflect on that and share your reflection with reflections with us. Um, the link to the Facebook group is in the show notes of this episode. So anything you want to add to wrap it on up, Nat Nat.
2: I just want to remind you all that um, you have the opportunity to join us in the sister circle. We're going to be talking about this stuff in depth, Uh, maybe related to these characters, maybe not, but we're going to be talking about these things in depth and there's a lot to be said. So you'll get a lot out of it. I promise. So join us. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And we'll leave the show notes to the sister circle in the leave the link (laughs) we'll leave the link we'll
2: leave the show notes in the show notes guys (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: we'll leave the show notes in the show notes we'll leave the link to the sister circle in the show notes of this episode as well so yeah we'll be back tomorrow with day 25 y'all we winding on down we winding on
0: down praise god (laughs) hallelujah